The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now I'm joined by Ger Herbert, motoring editor for the Sunday Independent. Ger, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, a couple of uh, stories, I suppose, the not quite breaking news, but the Germans were objecting to the EU ban on internal combustion engines being phased out by 2035. What happened? Yeah, this was totally unprecedented, Pat. This deal had been negotiated, like literally for the last two years, and they were just about to put to sign it into law. Now, at this point in the EU process, this does not happen. All, you know, all countries had agreed to it. And at the last minute, the German transport minister said, no, 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 we are not going to agree to it unless you allow synthetic fuels to be permitted. Cars that run on synthetic fuels to be permitted for sale after 2035. Um, Now, as a result of them saying it, obviously other countries then started to, to jump on the bandwagon as well. And Italy and Poland were expressing disquiet and it looked like this would never be passed. Now, this, as I said, was supposed to be signed into law on the 7th of March. It was supposed to be just literally rubber stamping it. Now at the weekend it broke that a compromise has been made so they have agreed that cars that run on these e-fuels will be permitted for sale after 2035. Now will they work the same way as ordinary petrol or diesel cars? In other words could you change your existing diesel to an e-fuel car or is it a different technology? How it's produced is different but actually how they run is practically the same thing and this is what appeals. Now in principle it sounds like a great solution because it's carbon neutral and this is what they promise. In reality nobody is producing synthetic fuels at a large scale. They are incredibly expensive to produce and the whole process is incredibly inefficient. So what they are essentially is they're they're fuels that are derived from hydrogen. So they've all the same issues that hydrogen has. So it has to be green hydrogen and you split the water into its component parts. You have hydrogen and CO2. It then captures CO2 from the atmosphere. Now this carbon capture as well. The technology behind this is is still, you know, in its infancy. So there's a huge amount of things. The only car maker that's investing it in it in any great um, amount is Porsche. They have a factory with various different other um, investors in Chile. Now Chile, where they are, is completely wind, renewable power, so it's, it's green hydrogen. But to me, it was one of those fudges. It basically kept the Germans happy and it kept, the EU were able to say as well, look, we finally got this deal back on track again. But there's no, there, there was no real winners in this. It was okay. just, you know. Now, the, the hydrogen fuel cell debate will go on. Uh, we talked about the BMW that uh, mm-hmm. they had a trial and uh, who knows whether, you know, with green hydrogen, that'll become the winner at the end of the day. Meantime, EVs are what everyone is betting on. So tell me, um, we've a change in the ground structure. Yeah, now this had been flagged in advance and we had been told that this was happening. I think a lot of people were hoping it wouldn't actually happen. But now they have um, announced the Department of Transport has confirmed that the electric car grant, which was €5,000 on any car under the value of 60,000 will now be reduced to three and a half thousand from July the 1st. So a cut of 1,500. Now, Pat, I would imagine this is the first of many. They did this with the plug-in hybrid grant and six months later it was completely gone. So I would imagine we're looking at another grant reduction next yeah. January. Now, what about the VRT exemption? Nothing has changed. Nothing else has changed. The only thing that has changed is the SEAI. Now, I suppose the problem with 1,500 is it doesn't sound like a huge amount, but the cheaper the car, the bigger that increase is. Yeah. And, you know, the justification for these cuts is oh but there's lots of cheaper cars coming into the market well these cheaper cars are going to be hit much more severely than your 50,000 euro car if you're down at the sort of 27 and a half like the MG put 1500 on that and suddenly it pushes it in you know to a different price bracket so I think that's the big issue really Now uh, how are EVs selling? 
EVs are doing well. I mean, they're still only 15%. Battery electric are still only 15% of the market. So we have a long way to go. Um, So the reverse of that, I suppose, is if you add in the plug-in hybrids, they make up about another 6%. But we still have nearly 80% of cars that are bought are fuelled with a petrol or diesel engine, be them hybrid or you know, regular petrol and diesel. So for a lot of people, they would argue that this was too early to start cutting the grants. Now, I can I know they're putting 100 million into the um, public charging infrastructure and this is desperately needed. And one of the things they're going to do is actually install the fast chargers at every 60 kilometres on the motorway, which could be a game changer. But I think we need both at the moment. We still need the purchase grants. Yeah, um, I mean, the problem is if um, you are driving to, say, on a mission like we might be to an outside broadcast somewhere, um, you can charge up at home. You can drive a car that might have a range nominally of 500k real world on the motorway might be 380, 390. Mm -hmm. So you get there comfortably. But can you get back unless you can find a charger? Yeah, and it's not just finding a charger. The standard chargers, which might charge your car in three to four hours, are no good. We need lots of the fast chargers. And this is the whole point of these ones along the motorway. So I definitely think there's no doubt about it. The charging infrastructure needs a huge investment and it needs to reassure people that they have the ease of a petrol and diesel car, the same sort of, you know, sense of security and everything. But I definitely think it's too early to be cutting the uh, the EV grants for purchasing. And what are the top selling EVs? Well, the top selling at the moment is Hyundai Ioniq 5, the Volkswagen ID4, the Hyundai Kona, the EV6 from Kia and the BMW i4. Now, of that top five, only one of those will not be impacted by this grant, and that's the BMW i4. It's out of the range of that grant, but the other four will be. Okay, so uh, they will get more expensive yeah. uh, after July the 1st? July it? the 1st. The other thing as well is, remember, we have the Aura Funky Cat, which is that uh, that Chinese car company that have just moved in. They start at just under 32,000. The MG4, obviously, 27.5. Like, they will be hugely impacted with an extra increase of 1,500. Okay. Um, the million vehicles by 2030 still looks a little bit beyond the horizon. Yeah, well, I think it's 845 passenger cars. But look, that was set pre-Brexit and pre-COVID. And, you know, it's going to be a huge challenge. I don't think there's anyone who would say anything else. All right. (laughs) Ger, thank you very much for uh, joining us. EVs on the way for uh, most people eventually, but perhaps not yet. We need to have a very viable second-hand car market in the EV sector, I think, before it becomes uh, really widespread. Ger, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.